This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the 100% LCFC podcast, brought to you by 100% LCFC and Owen Palmerakin. Hello and welcome back to the 100% LCFC podcast. Owen Palmerakin here as we return with the full running of the program with an extended special edition for the 2015 to 2016 season. The Foxes have completed their stage pre-season program, winning four of their five fixtures. Most recently, their 3-2 victory over Birmingham City. But this summer hasn't gone all of Leicester City's way. Leicester City have today released a statement saying that the club will be launching an investigation into the alleged racist sex tape that features three of the club's under-21 star, including Nigel Pearson's son James, that appeared during the Foxes' goodwill tour of Thailand last week. Leicester City have today confirmed they have sacked Adam Smith, Tom Hopper and James Pearson after they're all involved in a racist sex tape during the club's tour of Thailand at the end of the 2014-2015 to season. Breaking news just in where Nigel Pearson has been sacked as manager of Leicester City due to fundamental differences between the board and himself. However, the club have said they would like to put on record their appreciation for everything that Nigel has done while at the club. Ranieri has today offered Esteban Cambiasso a choice. Sign the deal or leave. News just in as Esteban Cambiasso has today confirmed that he will not be rejoining the Foxes. He released a statement on his official Facebook page today saying that he made the decision as quickly as possible in order to give Leicester City as much time as possible to sign a replacement.
So there you have it. Leicester City will enter the 2015 to 2016 season without the presence of last season's Player of the Year, Esteban Cambiaso, who looks set to move to another club after his contract expired with the Foxes. However, in the Argentine statement, it stated that I have taken this decision only 24 hours after receiving the proposal from Leicester, which for me goes to suggest that City did not put a contract on the table for Cambiaso to sign until they had confirmed Claudio Ranieri as their new manager. Was that a wise decision? Well, let's ask the 100% LCFC chief editor, Phil Holloway, who joins us over the internet right now. So then, Phil, was not offering Cambiaso a new contract until the club had appointed a new manager a wise decision? Surely any manager that the club have hired would have wanted him to stay. Well, from what I hear, Owen, Cambiaso was offered a new contract. It was almost a rolling contract from the end of last season. He knew... The player knew that there was a contract on the table. So I think he probably was waiting to see what happened after Nigel Pearson got the sack. But to be fair, he hadn't signed whilst Nigel Pearson was still the manager and he'd had a couple of weeks to do that. He did, he'd made it public open that he was going to look at what offers were on the table. And I think he's expecting there to be several um, things come in. The latest rumours I hear is that there's a couple of pretty decent MLS teams from the American game Um coming in for him and to be fair in, in the in your last season or so it would probably make sense that he he went and played somewhere like America the, the weather's very good the crowds are good now it's a quite you know it's quite exciting lead league and, and probably one that it, it's the the pace will suit him slightly more now I think he got another season at least in him in the Premier League for Leicester um, and possibly for one of the I think he could have played at one of the top four or even top six clubs um, I'd be highly disappointed if uh, if he did go to a, a West Ham or Aston Villa, but I think I think the club had offered him a contract. I think he was sort of waiting to see what manager was coming in, but he didn't sign for Nigel Pearson, and he since has not signed for Claudio Ranieri. And I think you have to say fair play to Ranieri for uh, forcing the matter through. He needs time to uh, to replace Cambiasso if that's if that's what's needed and that is what it needed we need we need a sort of captain in the middle of the pitch so Ranieri's got his, his work now and he's got a few weeks to sort it away from Cambiasso now and we'll talk transfers at Leicester City Football Club and we'll start with the strikers of course you said last week that City should splash out for Charlie Austin and pay the £15 million that QPR are rumoured to be asking for uh, but do City need any other strikers Phil they already have David Nugent Jamie Vardy Leo Ujoa Shingy Okazaki and Andre Kramaric I mean, the midfield looks like it's initially the, the role to fill um, with Cambiasso going. But strikers, I think most managers will say you can never have too many strikers. In fact, Ranieri said that. He said he, he loves strikers. So um, we have got, you know, we've got a few. We've got Nugent and Vardy, Ujoa, Okizaki and Kramaric. I, for me, I think Kramaric is going to come really good next season. I think he's had six months to settle in. He's bonded with the players I think Kramerich for me is going to be like a signing a ten million pound player in the summer or more. So for me, Kramerich is going to it's going to be next year's next season's shining light. Um, you know, I, I, yes, I have said I think we should go and buy Charlie Austin. I, I'm again surprised that players like Charlie Austin and Justin Rhodes from Blackburn aren't picked up by some of the bigger clubs in the Premier League. I don't know what it is. If if Justin Rhodes or Charlie Austin were at um, at Marseille or somewhere like that, and going for fifteen million, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody like Liverpool or Spurs would be straight in for them. But because because they're English and in Rhodes' place, I think Scottish players that they seem to be not really t- 
touch. And I, I think Charlie Austin proved himself in the Premier League last season for QPR. He, he was playing in not a good side. I think 15 million in today's rates are, are, are you know, a bit of a bargain. I think he scored more goals than Ben Teke, who's gone for double that. Um, we've seen all seen what Raheem Sterling's gone for. And I think a young young English striker who's just broken into the English squad with Jamie Vardy, that, that could be quite a good pairing. So, yeah, for me, let's bust the bank a little bit. 15 million, it's not it's not a lot for a guy who I think scored about 18 goals in the Premier League last season and bring him in. Out of the strikers we've got... Um, for me, I, many fans like David Nugent. I do. He certainly puts the work rate in. He's going to be a good squad player. For me, he's not really in our second season where we're trying to establish ourselves in a mid-table and maybe push on from that. David Nugent just isn't a proven goal scorer and, and possibly you know, doesn't quite now at this level, I don't think, bring quite enough for the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Nugent does get uh, shipped out at some point. But you know, we're looking quite good up front. Let's have a look at the midfield for City now as they seem to be lacking quite heavily in that central midfield role with only four fit central midfielders alongside the £5.6 million signing of N'Golo Kante from Khan that is now being confirmed uh, on Monday evening. And Ranieri's been quoted as saying that the Kante will be the first of a few good players coming to Leicester City. Will he be a good signing for the Foxes, Phil? Yeah, we were saying the other day, weren't we, Owen, that the midfield is looking light with uh, Andy King, Danny Drinkwater... Uh, being and Dean Hammond, of course, being the three who are fit uh, out the first team. There's, there's obviously it's going to depend on the formation as to how many central sort of midfielders we do need. Um, I went to the pre-season at Birmingham, and King and Drinkwater played pretty well, to be fair. But it, it was noticeable that you thought we were missing Cambiasso from last season in there, which he is going to be a massive miss. But we've now secured uh, Ngolo Kante from Cannes who looks like he is going to be a perfect fit for us. There was lots of umming and ahhing whether he was going to come or not. The clubs agreed the fees a good couple of weeks ago. And it took him a while to sign, but, you know, quite rightly, he wanted to see who was going to be the next Leicester manager. And now it's Claudio Ranieri. He's happy with that. And Cantiers. So he signed uh, 5.6 million. Looks like it's going to be, you know, fair money for a fair player. I think we might have even got ourselves a bargain. I'm sure he's quite potentially hoping to push on and and put himself in the shopping window, you know, for a bigger club for a couple of seasons. But that's fine. That's the sort of players probably less than need at the moment. Up and coming players such as Kante. He, I believe, in the top five divisions in Europe, he was the top tackle maker last season. Which you know, you need somebody who's going to be in there and break it up uh, and get the ball back for us. You know, much as Dean Hammond does and has, has played well from time to time, but I think Kante is a step above that. So, yeah, I think he's the first of a few. Um, there's, there's going to be players coming in, uh, rumoured every day, you know, uh, of coming in. So I think Ranieri's got his feet under the table very, very quickly. And he's, he's pulling in some players from, from various places all around Europe. Of course, Charles Aranguiz has decided he does not want to join the Foxes, despite the club offering what international claim is a lucrative deal, although maybe a blow for the club. Is it probably good to see that a transfer isn't being entirely dictated by money? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you know, players are going to come to the club for money. We've got to all just get to grips with that. It's always been the same back in the 80s when Youngie was there and all the others. He came because the deal was good. He, he's not a Leicester fan. Most players aren't Leicester fans. Jeff Schlupp's come through the ranks. Andy King's come through the ranks. You know, there are certain players who go and play for clubs just because they love it. Like, you know, Liam Moore clearly wants to play for Leicester because it's his club and he's, he's getting there. But if somebody came in and offered him more money, Liam Moore would be off like a shot. 
So the players who come to Leicester, this is going to be about the money. They want to further their career. They want to make as much money as possible in as short a time as possible. We would all be the same. If somebody came and said, you're working in factory A, but factory B is going to come and treble your wages. Do you want to take it? There's only so much loyalty in the world when it comes to work. So, you know, for me, the guy's been fairly honest. He's saying he's not really, doesn't fancy Leicester. Well played to Leicester. We've offered a lot of money and it shows that the club's got ambition. They're prepared to stick their hands in the pockets and try and get some real quality players. And he, he does, by the way, look a really, really good quality player. And it would you just sort of think, oh, if we, if we could get a player of that calibre again and put him in with Kante, that it would be, you know, really tremendous. So it's a shame, but I think fans have just got to realise that in today's, in today's age, of course, that's what it's all about. Players coming to get money. You know, uh, and play as well as they can for the team for the period that they're there, which may only be a season or two. Now let's look ahead to Sunderland on Saturday, Phil. It could be a very tough game for the Foxes, as Dick Advocat has been very active in this transfer window, and they've got a fairly strong squad now, don't they? It's great to be looking forward to a Premier League match. It feels like it's sort of not been that long since QPR and the pre-season's gone well. So I think all Leicester fans, all the players, all the club, they'll be very excited looking forward to Sunderland. It feels like we've only just played Sunderland and obviously the last but one sort of game in last season where we secured that uh, the draw to get us the points to, to stay up. And uh, yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to Sunderland. They have they have strengthened in the summer. Dick Abacat, as you say, he has been active. They've got a good squad. I've seen quite a few pundits, by the way, thinking that Sunderland will be the third team to go down. They've been scratching around the trapdoor to relegation the last couple of seasons and escaping with one or two games to go. So for me, I think Leicester are on the up. I think we've had a bit of a, a managerial change, as we all know, and, that, and that's had its ups and downs. But for me, the, the team looked good against Birmingham. Pre-season's been all right. The, the team spirit looked good. They were having fun out there, which was interesting to see. Not not the result as much. Um, it was it was good to see the players were looked like they're having fun. Okazaki, by the way, was absolutely hot to trot. Uh, I hope he either starts or, or potentially has comes on from the bench and has twenty or thirty minutes because I think the Leicester fans are gonna well already on Saturday they were chanting his name and uh, he he looked he looked pretty pretty good and as did Cramrich by the way so. For me, I'm I'm excited about the Sunderland match. I think it is going to be a tough game. I think every Premier League game this season is going to be tough. It'd be fantastic to start with three points. I think we will get three points. I think we're going to we're going to start the season with a win. Um, you know, and we've got to look that the fixture list this season isn't as it was last year. You know, again, we want to have a good and steady start and keep that consistency throughout the season. Last year was a real Jekyll and Hyde season. A great start abysmal middle and a fantastic finish this year if we can just keep picking up home wins away draws home wins away wins you know that that sort of consistency then then Leicester will do well again and we're all hoping for just a little bit more than next season I'm, I'm not going to be daft and say you know I want a Champions League spot or even a European spot I, I wouldn't rule it out I'd like to see Leicester have a, a mid-table uh, season where we built on last season and potentially an interesting little cup run. I'd like us to take the League Cup a little bit more serious this year, to be honest. Anyway, yeah, very much looking forward to it. I, I only see three points for Leicester on Saturday. 
Interesting point, that one, Phil. Thank you very much for joining us here on the 100% LCFC podcast. Really appreciate your time. If you agree or disagree with Phil, then do get in contact with the show. Remember, you can find all of the contact information in the description of this track. Now, of course, as we mentioned, N'Golo Kante has signed for Leicester City for an undisclosed fee that is believed to be in the region of £5.6 million, which works out roughly to around €8 million. Now, many of you have taken to the 100% LCFC Facebook page to voice your opinions. Mark Harrison got in contact and said, about time now for a few more, while Peter Clampers said, fantastic welcome and I've, I've got to read this one out I am sorry um, but Simon Hadland got in contact and he said at least he's got a bold head like a Cambiasso if that means he can fill Cambiasso's shoes um, then that seems like a good signing to me now let's move on as we're going to hear from the former City striker and 100% LCFC podcast headline guest Mr Alan Young who can now join us over the phone very happy to have you along Youngie now let's chat Sunderland on Saturday for the Foxes. It, of course, is the curtain raiser for the 2015-2016 to 2016 Premier League season for the club. But what's it like as a player, Alan, when the football season comes back uh, in this warmer weather uh, is the, and there's new hopes for the season all the while? Do you get excited? Do you get nervous? Or do you just darn well look forward to it? Well, you just you just look forward to it, Owen, to be perfectly fair. I mean, it's at the end of the season, especially the season we had, you know, previous fantastic end to the season you go away on holiday and um, you, you refresh yourself you deserve that um, and then you come back refresh you usually look after yourself on holiday do a few runs along the beach and stuff so um, yeah it's anticipation of the new season uh, and all the players um, and now I'm going to say should be up for it and ready for it but I think there might be one or two exceptions City of course go into the season unbeaten in pre-season uh, do you think they could carry their momentum from last year into this season Alan? I don't think so I, th- I think I think if we had if, if we had kept the same team the same squad and added one or two to it um, I, I would have said absolutely but I think there's going to be a few players who are going to be left out for example um, when when uh, Fuchs comes in, I think he'll play. Santi, I think he'll be playing. Belarunai, Belawani, I beg your pardon, he's going to play. The Japanese guy up the front. So there's four players immediately losing their positions. And um, it's not going to be the same team. Are these players here, or, or especially the last two, Santi and Belawani, are they here soon enough? I mean, there's only days towards the end of the start of the season. My my thinking will be that they won't start. But we had a very, very healthy dressing room last season. You could tell the love, the love between the managers and the players. And quite frankly, I'm still I'm still missing Nigel. I still think it was the wrong thing to do. And and I'll nail my I'll nail my flag to the post there. I, I still think it's the wrong thing to do. Given the circumstances, it's a, it's a long thing. Give me half an hour and I can explain it all to you. But we have what we have now. These fellas are obviously good players. Mr. Ranieri wants to bring or put his stamp on 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 the team and on the club. But did it need to be? Did it need to be? I mean, he was called the Pinker Man, and I can possibly see why now. There are a lot of players on the club now um, who will be wondering about their position, wondering about the future. That creates a little bit of insecurity. That creates a little bit of jealousy. And uh, unfortunately, the, the, the dressing room can be split. I've, I've, got, I've had experience of that before where... Some players, or half a dozen players, will sit and wait until other players are changed and gone out. 
before they go and have a shower. Ridiculous, you might say. They're grown men. But there was a unity, there was momentum from last season. And hey, listen, if we can, if these lads can pick up on the positivity that we have, these new players, then great. I don't see it happening. As we've already mentioned on the show, and as you've already mentioned uh, just then, Angolo Kante signed for the club for an undisclosed fee. What are your immediate thoughts on his signing? Will it be a good signing for the club, Alan? Well, I've had a look at him. Uh, obviously, I don't know a great deal about him, as I'm quite sure a few of our supporters don't. I had a look at him uh, on, on YouTube and some of these games and stuff, and he looks as though, he looks as though he's a midfield player who gets lots of goals and likes to get forward well. Um until we actually see him in real life and see what he can do and have a look at him analytically, then we can't really pass judgment. The lad might come in and, and be an absolutely storming midfield player. But I tell you what, it's when it came some big boost to Phil Cambiasos. City have also confirmed the signing of Johan Benalawane from Atalanta on a four-year deal for a similar price. He's got a bit of athleticism, Alan. Is that something that Leicester City need in their back line? Well, I think I think pace in the, in the Premiership is always prevalent. You always need a bit of pace. And Bella Yuani, as you say, um, I've, I've watched and I've listened to, and I've read what he's had to say. He, he, he reckons he's quick. He reckons he's very comfortable with the ball. He likes to or, or, organise his back four or back three, whatever they're going to play. And he likes to play football. So, good lad. Can you head it? Can you tackle? Can you stick? You know? Can you stick your elbow across a couple of one? You know, can you can you go and anticipate and antagonise um, forwards? Because I tell you what, there's one or two in the Premiership will be all over him. Uh, last season, Alan, he got a yellow card every other match. Is that the kind of centre back you're looking for? No, not at all. I mean, you're looking for. Um, I mean, if you if you think of Marcin Vasilevsky, he could have been sent off for having a yellow card, but most times he did, um, and he sort of got away with it. You cannot have suspensions and injuries are a manager's blight. They hate that because there's nothing they can do about it. Um, they can't change it. But did he actually get? Did he actually serve a ban then, Owen? I, I don't know for sure. I'm not sure on that one, Alan. Although I do assume that he would have been given uh, bans and fines, etc., throughout the season if he was getting a yellow card every other match. But let's move away from that and talk strikers. Now, it's been a big talking point in this pre-season, Alan. So I wanted to ask you, who would you play up front on Saturday? I'd play David Nugent and Jamie Vardy. Why? A lot of people, a lot of people are going to go against that. They're all going to say, what? Uh, what? The two have a great combination, great partnership. Um, Kramaric, I mean, he's coming. I, I had my doubts a wee bit beforehand. I didn't think he was overly quick. 8.5 million, at least, at least he won his pace. But David and, and Jamie Vardy have a great partnership. Ujoa, obviously David and Jamie can play with him in a two. Why the manager may want to play three up front, four, three, three, or two, or um, three at the back, five midfield, two up front with Mares just in behind the front two. So there's, there's an awful lot of options on the bench for the manager. The Japanese kid, I haven't really seen him play. Um, so lots and lots of options. But me personally, I've had played. David Nugent, I think, is going to be leaving the club personally because I don't think he's going to get many games. And the rumours are starting already. Jamie Vardy has told his people he doesn't want to play here anymore. So all these signings coming in, all the you know the, the, the conspiracy theories and everything are, are starting to come. But me personally, you've asked me the question, 
I would play David Nugent and Jamie Vardy. Finally then, Sunderland on Saturday. Alan, what are your thoughts going into that game? They're much more organised side now. How do Leicester City need to play? Got quite a few players in. Not 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 players, but quite quite frankly, that I would want to come to Leicester City. So that doesn't scare me at all. And for me, Sunderland are one of the teams that we'll beat this season. Um, home game, first game this season. You've got to get started off. You've got to get away, get away with a win, get get running and get get rolling away. Because then we go to West Ham and then we've got Spurs at home. You know, I mean, these games are all winnable. Bournemouth away after that. And then we've got, I think we've got an, an international break after that one. But then again, we come back after that and it's Aston Villa at home. So what a great chance. And when I looked at the faces before all these signings, I said, we're going to be knocking on Europe's door for next season. But unless these players fit in and fit in quickly, and they're the right types of players, the right characters for the very, very healthy dressing room that we have, then we'll do very, very well. If not, then I can, I can see us in a wee bit of trouble. Thank you very much for joining us on the 100% LCFC podcast, Alan. Good night. The voice of former Leicester City striker Alan Young, ladies and gents, who says Leicester City will be knocking on Europe's door this season. Do you agree or do you disagree? Do get in contact with the podcast. Now, we're running out of time on today's show, um, but we'll try and squeeze in one more caller to the show. Claire in Loughborough joins us on the phone. Claire, you want to comment on the excitement that you're feeling for this new season? Yeah, we're really looking forward to it this season. One, because it's the excitement that we're still here, we're still in the Premiership. Um, and two, we've got these new players coming in. We know a little bit about them, but um, you know, we want to see them play as a team. Um, and obviously, we've now got the new manager, who hopefully is going to be a lot more open about his plans and his systems um, than Nigel Pearson ever has been. So... For the supporters and the fans, I think we're going to feel like we're a little bit more included this year than we have been for the past few seasons. Claire in Loughborough says there there hasn't been much to shout about in terms of going into new seasons over the last few years. That might be down to, to Nigel Pearson is her opinion. Really appreciate your time, uh, Claire. Thank you very much for phoning into the podcast today. If you'd like to get your point across, then do get in contact with the show. All the ways to do that can be found in the description of this track, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm afraid we are running out of time and that is all we have for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in and thank you to our guests that have joined us both over the internet and the phone as well. We'll be back next Monday with the next edition of the podcast so keep your eyes open for any news on the 100% LCFC Facebook and Twitter pages and also the website as well www.lesterfanTV.com. and do get in contact with the show like I have said a couple of times in the show you can find all of the details on how to do that in the description of this track so can City start the season with a win or will the Black Cats get one over the Foxes we'll see you come 5pm on Saturday but from all here at the 100% LCFC podcast it is goodbye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.